This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. Today I'm joined by Tess Hodgkinson from the Style Maison, their event and floral styling studio. Hi. Hi. Today we're going to be talking about managing an event budget, which sounds quite boring and it can be quite boring but the reality is it's a really essential part of managing an organizing event so I guess there's two main scenarios before we get started one is your manager or client says I have twenty thousand dollars for an event or whatever your budget may be alternatively they may say this is this type of event I want can you get a cost put together for it and then pending what that cost is maybe some things that are taken away or added to it and then you kind of proceed Either way, I think it'd be really helpful to provide a guide to listeners about the elements that you need to consider within an event budget. Yep. So what are some of the things they should think about? So first thing I usually have when creating a budget is listing out all the elements that you need for the event. So again, it depends on the type of event you're doing, whether it's sit down or cocktail, whether it's a two hour event versus five hour event or a media for meal where you're taking people away. But I always just have a a list um, to tick off and think, do I need this? Do I not need this? So everything from AV and production costs. So that's from lighting, staging, Mm -hmm. catering and beverages, location and whether that location requires any security. So sometimes Mm -hmm. locations you need security on there, especially if it's a nighttime event and that's an additional cost that sometimes pops up. I know I've had an event before where that was a cost we didn't know was coming Mm -hmm. and then it popped up there. And sometimes I find um, I've had clients that have big pubs Yep. and regardless of the event, whether it's a PR event or someone's having a 21st or something there, if they have a certain number of people in there, they mm. that is non-negotiable. They have to provide security. security. Yep. So again, when you're looking for your location and you're talking to them, just, just ask the question, is security provided? If not, how much is that per hour? Styling and florals and furniture. So styling is kind of a whole nother bubble Mm -hmm. of costs that you need to think of but again if you do um, engage with the event stylist that's something that we will delve into detail but furniture linens crockery glassware sometimes the caterers look after that and that could come under the catering budget but that can also come under the styling budget if you need particular glassware and plates transfers if you're providing Mm. guests with transfer costs and cab charges um invitations envelopes if you're sending hard copy invites or if it's as simple as just a graphic designer's hours to Mm -hmm. create an e-invite super important gift bags so gift bags if you're sending everyone home with some goodies after an event thinking of the cost for that so a lot of the time you might have contra deals with products to put in a gift bag or you need to put in wine bottles that your client wants to provide everyone but you've got to think about the bag itself and how much that costs and look i'm not a fan of gift bags unless there is things in there yeah that are different and interesting and practical and, yeah. and beautiful if you are just putting together a gift bag because someone says you should have a gift bag then go back to them and say okay what are we going to achieve by that? Yeah. You, sure, you might have a sample of a lipstick and you might have a bottle of water and you might have a key ring, mm. but would you want to receive those things? Yeah. No, probably not. 
But like you said, if, if they're relevant to your event and to your brand, yes. then they're, they can be a lovely thing, a lasting kind of memory. Yep, absolutely. Like I know a lot of wine events that I've worked on before, again, depending on how much you have to spend, having it in a beautiful wine bag for them to take home mm-hmm. at the end of the night. So the wine that they tasted that night, mm-hmm. they got to take home. And entertainment and, and yes. an MC. M- yes, entertainment, Band, MC. DJ, whatever that may be. Yeah, yeah, an MC sometimes is so important for an event to kind of keep the event flow going, keep everyone interacted, and it's definitely worthwhile if your budget permits. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think they're the key things to consider, and each of those have a different value amount that can be associated with yeah. it, and that value will change based on a number of different things. You know, when it comes to location costs, how many people, yeah. you, are, you know, how, how big your event is, where your event is. You know, if you are using an event space that is in a prime position with waterfront views, you'll be paying a lot more money than using an event space that is in not such a prime position. And that goes for all of the different elements there. There's so many different factors involved. Yeah, and when thinking about a budget, sometimes you can use one supplier for a lot of things. So obviously... Your sound guy could probably look after lighting and staging. If you're engaging with a event stylist, you know, I know we offer a lot of our services and our partnerships that we have with mm. caterers and we can really give you guys some good deals because we have those relationships with those people. I think people. that's an important thing to note. You know, it's very different if I am approaching a certain supplier that I have never used before to get them to quote on something versus an event stylist getting a quote on from a supplier that they use, you know, 20, 50 times a year for events, they're yeah. much more likely to give you a better rate yes. than they are going to give me who they're getting one job from. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, a definite plus when you're using an event stylist. When it comes to getting quotes, I've been doing this for quite a long time now. Mm. So I've got a certain selection of suppliers for bits and pieces that I always use because I trust them. I like them. I've collected quotes previously from numerous people and these guys have always come in in budget and and provided the service that I require from them. However, if you're new to organising events, it's certainly important to get at least two to three supplier quotes from each of these things. From styling, from AV to catering, making sure you are looking at those options. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, you need to find a good rate and something that fits into your budget two you may be lucky enough where a manager or your client is happy for you to be the decision making person but they also may be the kind of person that needs to look over everything so they need to make sure that you have done your due diligence and provided three quotes and like you've said you know previously pros and cons about you know what are good and bad about each of those suppliers so if they want to look over the information you haven't bothered to do that that's going to reflect poorly on you definitely research I know my old boss used to always say, research, research, research. (laughs) When you are approaching a supplier, what kind of information should you be providing them with so they can give you a a scope or a range for their services? So if I'm approaching an AV production company and say we have entertainment, I need to let them know exactly what that entertainment requires so from if we have a four-piece band how many mics they need so usually you ask the band what specs do you require a lot of it I don't understand it's all (laughs) these tech details mic 2.0 point something Mm -hmm. and this and that but I'll just forward that on to the AV company 
and they obviously will understand it all. Also, giving them a guide of how much you have to spend as yes. well. You know, whenever you want a quote from anybody, just let them know a rough idea. If you don't really know how much you have to spend, have a look at your budget and think about how much you want to spend on AV versus mm-hmm. catering versus styling and give them an indication and have a little bit of a buffer as well. You know, sometimes you can negotiate mm-hmm. um, and let them know, you know, I really would love to work with you. It's just, you know, a little bit above my budget. Are you able to bring this down slightly? And a lot of the time people are able to do that. So you don't necessarily have to 100% go for a price that might be a bit above what you were hoping. Another thing to consider is having a chat to your colleagues. Yes. If you're organising an event for the first time, I dare say there's somebody else in the office that has organised at least one event, if not many events. So ask them for a guide. How much should I set aside in my budget for AV? How much yep. do you think catering would cost? Um, and they will hopefully be able to give you a guide. If there is no one else to ask and you've just been employed internally or in-house for a company and they don't have any other PR people there and there's no one else to turn to, then just be honest with the supplier and call a couple and say, look, I have never organized an event before, but I believe I need to organize this. This is what I've got. Can you try and help me out with, you know, what I've, you know, what I'm trying to achieve? Let me know if there's any information you require and I'll try and get that for you. So I think honesty sometimes can be really helpful with suppliers. Oh, definitely. Letting them know the accessibility to your venue as well, like how much time you have in and out will definitely affect the budget. And, you know, when you do your site recce, which is, you know, visiting the site you, and they say there's a lift that you need to go up or a loading dock lift, get the specs of that lift too, because I know that um, it took a lot of time for us to get a certain amount of furniture up for an event mm-hmm. and that cost us more money because right. labor cost more. Yes. So with furniture higher, a lot of the times you'll have a labor fee on top of the actual what you're paying for. And that's something to always keep in mind. You're not necessarily just just paying for a table mm-hmm. that will cost X amount, but you also have to have money aside for labor for people to pack up their trucks and then take it off the truck, take it to your space and then back again, back yeah. to their warehouse. And so I think a lot of clients are sometimes surprised when they come back to me after looking at our budget breakdown and saying, well, this labor cost is on top of your fee and then on top of the furniture cost, but I'm not the one carrying the table and chairs. No. It's another company that we use. So just keeping that in mind when you are budgeting. Mm, absolutely. Do you tend to include a general buffer or a miscellaneous amount for the entirety of the budget? Let's say it's a 20,000 event. Do you kind of set aside a grand for just yeah, definitely. miscellaneous things that you've forgotten about or... Something will always come up that you need that extra little buffer for. A courier, you need someone's forgotten to bring, you know, the media wall and you've got to send a courier out to go and grab it and that's an extra 40 bucks each way. Definitely have a miscellaneous cost. And sometimes I know a couple of my clients, we say miscellaneous charged at the completion of the Mm -hmm. event. So it might not necessarily be within the, you know, 20K that you've got to play with. But, you know, this and that popped up and an extra, we needed an extra dessert bar for whatever reason. Just have everything in writing is my number one advice. I agree on that. Yeah. I mean, your suppliers should all be providing a written quote regardless. I think one of the things that's helpful to get from a supplier, uh, well, actually for you to provide to the supplier is the time frame. 
Oh, yes. You know, like if you've got the event in three weeks' time but you yeah. need to provide the budget in a day's time or it's an event in six months' time and you've got a, a month to pull it together, you know. Just like you are managing many different things at a time, they are probably managing yeah. the AV or the styling or whatever it may be for a, a gazillion different events. So they need to know what time frame they're working to get back to you. Oh, that's a big one, yeah, because a lot of the time these suppliers, especially AV, catering, styling, we're on location majority of the week on other events and the afternoon or morning first thing is the best time to get in contact with us because that's when we're sitting down and checking our emails before we bump in the next event so if it is something urgent Mm. let us know that it's urgent we'll try and get back to you as quickly as possible yeah but giving us a time frame the earlier can let us know and the more lead time we have the the better but obviously we know things need to be super quick and the turnaround needs Mm. to be quick so just let us know if that's the case are there any supplies that you think costs alter between a midweek event versus like a Friday or Saturday night event or not really in that world there? Um, location the wise, probably. Yeah. Definitely. I would say would alter between midweek. Um, catering and styling wise, probably no. Furniture wise as well, no. Mm-hmm. And AV, I've never had a difference in price because of the day it was. Um, no, the only thing, if it's weekend, you might get weekend rates. Mm. If it's a Sunday for bump in, bump out. So you would definitely get a weekend rate for that too. And that's definitely something to think about in terms of your point about event locations. You'll find, regardless of the event location, to be honest, that it will change between, let's say, Monday to Wednesday will be one rate. Uh, Thursday may have its own rate and Friday and Saturday will have its own rate. And maybe Sunday may tie in with the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday rate or that may be standalone as well. And that, I dare say, would be exactly the same for any venue across Australia. When it comes to restaurants and bars, when you're thinking about that, consider the fact that on a Friday night, they're going to be chockers. They're yeah. going to have people dining at 6pm and 7pm and 8pm and 9pm. So think about the amount of money that they would make on a Friday night or a Saturday night. So in order for them to allow you to come into that space mm. and use that exclusively from 6pm to 10pm for the launch of your new brand, they have to make as much money from you as they would have done to shut out that restaurant. Yeah. Plus they're probably going to add an extra bit on because it's inconveniencing their customers who come to them weekly or fortnightly or monthly. So having an event on a Friday or Saturday night is going to be potentially almost double the cost of having yes. an event on a Monday to Wednesday or Monday to Thursday in some cases. And on Sunday sometimes, you know, think about when you dine out at places, you've got that surcharge or a public holiday, you have a surcharge. So just always ask up front if it does fall on one of those public holidays or it's a Sunday, do you have a surcharge? Mm. Or even a corkage fee sometimes with a venue that you've chosen, it's licensed, but you're doing a wine event and you want to bring in your own wine, Usually they will allow it, but they'll have a corkage fee. Mm -hmm. So just get an understanding on what that is. It can sometimes be per bottle, can sometimes be per person, depends on the venue. Mm. I think the rule of thumb is just to to ask everything. Ask everything, Ask everything, and you will learn and you'll understand how things work or you'll be able to tip them off in advance that you're going to be doing this and there's going to be extra surcharge for it. But if you don't know, just ask the question. What is your advice to PRs who are organizing event let's say Mm -hmm. they've got everything signed off with their client or their manager everything fits into a budget and then that manager or client comes sweeping in and says i've just decided i want a champagne tower or something Mm -hmm. how do you recommend that they manage that because obviously there's costs associated with that that have not been considered yes i mean 
the first thing I would do is say, no problem. <laughs> we can we can organize that. If you do have an event stylist, chat with them and get them to quote on how much that will be or your caterer and then go back to them and say, great, we can do this, no issues at all. It'll be an additional X amount. Mm-hmm. If they say, well, it has to fit within this 20K, then say, sure, what elements can we remove? What are they happy to get rid of to accommodate for the cost of the champagne tower. Yeah. And I think this is important to remember is we, when we're organising events, think about things on such a minute detail. We're very yeah. aware about the costs and, 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 and how they move around and how you've got to manipulate them in a budget. People who are not associated with events but just like the idea of them or her, the people that have told you to host the event, when they say they want a champagne tower, they may not mean they actually want one. They might mean they like the idea of one yeah. and when they're presented with the cost of it, they think, oh, no, not no, not at all. But if you've gone out and you've just said, okay, well, the boss has said they want a champagne tower, we'll have a champagne tower, and then they're looking over the invoice and they say, hang on a second, you have $20,000 and this event's now costing us 24000 You say, but you said you wanted a champagne tower. That's not their fault. That's your fault. Yes. It's your responsibility to come back to them and, like you said, present them with the options of, okay, that's going to cost yep. an extra $3,000 or we're going to have to remove some items. What are you yep. happy to And again, out? have it all in writing. Yes. Oh, like have the conversation over the phone in person, sure, but then go back and say, you know, thanks for this conversation. Excited to go forward with this champagne tower. It is going to cost X amount. Is this approved? And not until you get that email that says approved, green light, signed, again, budget, always mm-hmm. get, you know, something signed signed do you then go ahead because that makes it really safe that no matter what happens that you've got your bottom covered and the same with supplies if you are having that conversation you now say to event stylist okay we now need to you know that champagne tower we talked about two days ago we now need to add that on can you please resend me the total budget costs so i've got those because they may have been in the busy in the middle of styling an event they've said oh it's going to cost about five hundred dollars yeah you've told your client it's going to cost five hundred dollars and they've actually come out of their event and it's actually going to cost $750, yeah. which $250 can can be a lot of money in these kind of things. Definitely. Another thing to really keep in mind as well when you're budgeting is getting an understanding from your suppliers on when they need to be paid and communicating yes. that with accounts. I, I This is one thing actually that I find quite frustrating sometimes with clients is obviously with us, when we're outsourcing your furniture or florals, that's a a cost that we pay for up front. So we do usually say we need third-party costs paid prior to any event, Mm -hmm. and most suppliers do. They need everything paid before the actual event Mm. itself. Um, So just talking with your accounts team, making sure these can be paid up front because a lot of people will not deliver your product for your event until that invoice has been paid. So just making sure that understands the terms and conditions of the quote and invoice of the supplier that you're using. And have a discussion with your manager or your client about how those costs will be covered. I know personally uh, with my agency, Savannah PR, if it's something that's under $1,000, once that cost is approved and it's a third-party cost, so let's say it's invitations, they may cost $500 to print. I will cover those costs if it's a client that I have a relationship with yeah. and know that they are very good with reimbursing and I'll pay for those costs and I'll add them to the next invoice. Uh, your manager or your agency may have their own guidelines. They may choose to not do any third-party costs, yes. which again is also quite normal. So you need to have those conversations so you can understand and then, like you said, make your client or your manager aware or the accounts team of the fact that prior to the event, you're going to have to pay 
X amount. X amount, whether yeah. it ends up being 50% or 70% mm. or whatever it may be, because they may not be thinking, that they may think, oh, well, you know, the invoices will come in after the event and, you know, we'll kind of pay them off over the next three months. And that's often not the case at all. Yes. So it's really important. In terms of tracking costs, obviously Excel would be yes. the best way to do it. You agree? Yep. AutoSum works great. Obviously, Love you can keep sum. track of it. Yep. It's a couple of the, uh, well, certainly an area that I've been caught out with previously is if you are inserting a line or you're moving elements around and sometimes the AutoSum formula changes. Changes. Yep. So before you send it to your manager or your client, just run the cursor, the mouse over those figures and just check down the bottom that it's adding up to the same amount that's in auto sum. Uh, it's so important. You could find that you're actually $5,000 out because the auto sum hasn't taken consideration an element that you've imported from somewhere else. So just don't rely on auto sum. Yeah. Double check it. Double check, double click on everything. I know the one of the biggest budgets that I stuffed up on was my wedding budget and <laughs> That's I remember two weeks before my wedding I was like oh my god we're within budget I'm so excited I had everything I want and I was like thinking oh but I've added a few elements so how are we within budget and then I went through everything and two major things that were on the top but because I had kept adding things it yeah. didn't auto sum all of it mm -hmm. and it was the venue hire and catering so Perhaps. i mean yeah. two of the most in, it, two of the most expensive, expensive. things so yeah. i had to call my husband and say oh we're a bit <laughs> over the budget now so um luckily that was for a personal yeah. event it wasn't for a client because that would have been a very hard conversation to have yes but it definitely was a key learning you know excel is something that we do ourselves it's not automated or anything like mm -hmm. that so anything that you move i always like to have save as your quote or invoice mm -hmm. and then have it as a reconciliation file. Mm -hmm. And then next to all your costs, have another line that I usually have in bright blue. Mm -hmm. um, and then I put in the actuals mm -hmm. and then the column next to it, I'll have in green and whether it's been paid or have a note where, when it should be paid. So say your manager wants to check on where you're up to on your budget. It, it kind of shows what's been paid, how much you're spending, how you're tracking everything. Excel, you can add notes and things like that too. So feel free to add those de details because if you are sharing that budget, you know, internally with the rest of your team, it's a great way to communicate where you're up to Absolutely. and they can go have a check as well. So as an event stylist, what do you do when you don't get paid for the third party costs that you've talked about? I mean, I understand things can be delayed in payment and things can happen and things can pop up. If I have a relationship with you and, and you know, we have worked together in the past and you usually do pay your invoices on time, I'm sure, you know, we can negotiate something and can be paid a bit later on. If it's the first time we've worked together, I may be a little more hesitant as would any supplier really um, would probably just hold work until even a 50% of that invoice can be paid. Because as I said before, you know, we're fronting a lot of these third party costs if we're looking after the furniture and the florals and things like that. And if you imagine as a business, we're doing three events a week, that's a lot of upfront costs for Absolutely. us. And we are a small business. So we do appreciate getting invoices paid on time. It's super important. We have the same contracts as well with the suppliers that we use for furniture and things like that we need to pay before they deliver the furniture so that's why we appreciate getting paid up front and I think that's an important point in that the more times you work with a supplier yeah the 
more confidence and respect you have for each other and the more likely sure. they are to go above and beyond or to be flexible with you if you have kind of extenuating circumstances. Yeah. But if you're approaching, sorry, approaching suppliers for the first time, you cannot expect them to be flexible with no. um with your changing circumstances, especially when it comes to money or most importantly, when it comes to the money side of things. Yeah. So just talk to your manager and your accounts team and let them know when big invoices are needing to be paid. Give them notice because as a supplier, letting us know, well, our accounts can't pay this because we only gave it to them today isn't a good enough excuse for us. No, and you're totally within your rights as any supplier to stop what you're doing at that point in time and wait until you are paid before you can move move forward. forward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it for us today. So thank you so much. I know event budgets are not entirely interesting for lots of people, but I think there's lots of great tips in there. Yeah. So I appreciate your time. Thanks very much. And if you would like to touch base with Tess about any events, head to her website, thestylemaison.com.au. And if you've got any questions about event budgets, feel free to email me via the website. Thanks for listening to the PR pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.